Hello and welcome to On Mission, a podcast from the Catholic Apostolate Center. My name is Chris Pierno, and I'm joined on the podcast today by Father Frank Donio and Kate Fowler. And we'll be discussing World Youth Day with our guest, Jonathan Sitko, the Director of Programs at the Catholic Apostolate Center. Welcome. Welcome, John. Thank you. Happy to be here. John, it's been a little you, while. Yes, John, you uh, you have been spearheading a lot of the uh, work that the center uh, has been doing over the years uh, in, in collaboration with the United States Bishops Conference to kind of uh, do a lot of things here stateside, but also we've had some experience sending one of our former staff members off to World Youth Day, so I think this is really great that uh, we have you, even though you have never attended a World Youth Day, that's why we have Kate, because Kate uh, Kate has attended a World Youth Day, um, but uh, I, I think this will be a very good discussion. Uh, I think I think maybe the first thing we can tackle is, uh, what is World Youth Day? What What is this event that seemingly, you know, it's kind of like the Olympics, just appears every few years, and, you know, so who wants to tackle that? Well, I can talk briefly, and then, you know, everybody else can correct me. But, you know, World Youth Day itself has been around for close to 40 or 50 years at this point. It was first uh, enacted or encouraged by uh, now Pope St. John Paul II, as a way for uh, the youth, if you will. And by youth, we mean more young adults in the U.S., you know, those between the ages of about 18 to 30, 18 to 35. Um, then we, we, when we really mean like youth as in like under 18, as a way to get them actively engaged and you know, sort of excited about the faith in a way that is expressive of sort of the diversity, if you will, of the of the church. And so, you know, it started in Rome, as most of these sorts of celebrations do. And, you know, over the last 30 or so years, has traveled to a bunch of different locations, including uh, Denver, Colorado in the United States back in the 90s, if I remember correctly. But, 1993. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, I never can remember the exact year. So I'm glad you looked it up. Yeah, that was quite a big one. You know, it, it's a very large international gathering. They get close to a million young adults to attend this event over yeah, the course of about a week. Was Manila the largest? I believe. One? I believe in history, Manila was the largest. And yeah. what was that roughly? Does anyone know? I over read somewhere uh, the official uh, uh, World Youth Day Libsyn website says that uh, there were. Um, Four million young people present. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I okay, think it was four or five million. Wow. Yeah. All right. There it is. It, it was. It, it was. It was huge. <laughs> it was massive and lots of rain. And that was 1995. Um, you know. Yeah. So that was that was. But '93 was it was a big turning point for this thing mm-hmm. when they when in Denver and there's a lot of, there's a whole generation of people yeah. in ministry who yes. see that as a a pivotal event in their lives. I, I didn't. Yes. I didn't go. My confrere brother Jim did, uh, and but uh, walking ten miles was not exactly my uh, my speed. But I, I think oh, I would. Okay. Well, no, I was I was doing a, a an internship, a pastoral internship, at the time um, because I was a deacon, mm-hmm. so I, I couldn't go. 
uh, living in Denver for two years, I, I would attest to that too, that a lot of people there said that um, the hist- the richness of the history there and all of the ministries, there's a, a surprisingly a very vibrant uh, Catholic life in Denver, which I think people overlook, but a lot of people attribute that to the Pope being there and World Youth Day, as you are all mentioning. So I can just kind of attest to that having lived there for a few years. Yeah, now that I've done sort of this church world for a while now, I, I've met a lot of people who are in their like late 30s, 40s, 50s who were at World Youth Day and attribute, you know, whether it, they became priests or religious or just lay um, uh, lay ministers, like they attribute like whether it was that they attended World Youth Day in Denver, attended a World Youth Day in general, but like that it serves as like a very monumental moment for people in their lives. I mean, Denver was the, is because it was U.S. A lot of people in the U.S. attended that one. But I know plenty of people, much like yourself, Kate, who attended World Youth Days in the past and attribute that as a big touch point in their vocational journey. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about World Youth Day today because we're about to experience one in 2023 in August um, in um, Lisbon, Portugal. So that's why we we wanted to bring up World Youth Day again, especially for those of our listeners that don't have personal history or knowledge of what World Youth Day is. Why is it important to the Catholic Church? You know, if if I fall out of this generation of of the youth, like if I'm not included in that what does World Youth Day mean for me? Uh, and so we we want to talk a little bit about how the center has been involved over the years in World Youth Day. And I'm certainly happy to share a bit about my experience maybe later in this podcast. Um, but so, yeah, does anyone want to kind of take it from here? Well, I mean, I, I think I can talk a bit about the sort of like center involvement because more my involvement has been over as a member of the center staff over the last eight years about you know, we were talking pre-recording how we really, st- I at least I really started getting involved um, during Krakow, which I believe I was trying to figure it out. I think it's 2015, but um, might be 2016. But you know, it happens every few years, and so it's such a like a what do I say a ramp up event for the church, especially for like young adults, because it is such a transitional era that people who attend when they're 16 can attend again when they're 19. It's an, like an entirely different sort of life experience for themselves. Um, I've met people who have attended in high school, for example, when they're like 15 or so and attend again when they're like 20. And it's a much different sort of reality and experience for themselves. Um, I think maybe what we could start with, though, Kate, is explaining like what happens at World Youth Day. I think that's probably helpful for people. And I think since you've been to one, an international one in particular, we can talk about that and we can, and you know, Father Frank, Chris and I can talk more about some of the stateside stuff. And when we reference stateside, what, what do we mean and what are we talking about with that? But I think Kate, maybe just explaining what happens at World Youth Day. Yeah. I think what's so powerful about World Youth Day is that it's essentially a pilgrimage and it's a large gathering of the body of Christ in some destination. And what what makes World Youth Day very special is that the Pope is present at each one of them. And so um, I think for a young person to get together with so many thousands of other members of the Catholic Church and of the body of Christ to celebrate their faith, to learn more about it, to pray together, to attend Mass, it's just 
an incredibly powerful and humbling experience. Um, you know, I think a lot of us might feel a bit disconnected from the international church. And I think for young people, especially, we're asking a lot of questions. And for those that are trying to live their faith, it can seem pretty isolating. Um, not much in our culture is really celebrating faith or encouraging it necessarily. And so things like this um, are just really beautiful experiences that, in my personal experience, reminded me that I was not alone and that I was not weird or, you know, my faith was not an isolated instance, but that I was actually part of something incredibly vibrant and beautiful. And it was, I, I went as a college student, so I was a junior and it was the summer between my junior and senior year. My, um, I went to a Jesuit undergrad for undergrad. And um, so the Jesuit priests organized a group and there were about 10 of us there. Nobody knew each other, um, but we went to Spain together with two of the Jesuit priests. And prior to our World Youth Day experience, we got to stay for a few days um, in Loyola, where St. Ignatius was from. And we had almost like a pre-World Youth Day experience together where all of us did acts of service. We broke up into different groups and went all around Spain and did acts of service, um, did small groups together each day, um, attended mass together reflected on scripture together. Um, and so that really launched us and prepped us for the World Youth Day experience. And there are so many options for a pilgrim um, attending World Youth Day. There are hundreds of events to go to, different prayer services, different masses, different cultural celebrations. So it's really a beautiful intersection of the, the culture and getting to know the area that you're in and how Catholicism is vibrant in that sp specific culture, but also getting to celebrate the international church and meet new friends and form lifelong friends as well. Um, so it really, really was life-changing for me. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. Um, I just came back invigorated, renewed, I had a personal encounter with Christ, um, really fell in love with my faith, and just felt really affirmed um, in it and excited to be a young person and to continue walking in my journey with Christ when I came home. I've mentioned how I've, I've never been fortunate enough to attend a World Youth Day, but I'm curious, Kate, if, because I, I, I like to say I experienced it digitally, and we can get into that piece a little bit with some of the stuff we've done in the past. But as someone explained to me once, it's like basically going to the World Cup in that there's a lot of like international pride between like the groups of people. Yeah, who are the a lot of, there's a lot of flags, a lot of people. Uh, like I, I, my, my comparison to the Olympics, not, uh, Absolutely. not too far off. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, and I was recently in Texas visiting my family and going through some of my things, um, all of my like memory books and things. And I actually came back with my World Youth Day backpack. Um, and it was just stuffed with, you know, just little gifts that from all over the world that people gave me. And there's just such a spirit of generosity. Yes, pride in different the different cultures and just such friendship that that occurs. It's it's a beautiful thing to see you know, in a world that is often so divided, um, something bringing everybody together. And ultimately, that's Jesus. So it's one of the beautiful things about not only 
the World Youth Day, but any of these kinds of international events, World Meeting of Families, for example, has, has really grown into almost World Youth Day style with, with these large gatherings of, of Catholics. And there is something to be said for that. And we, we worked on a, a booklet of, uh, for preparation uh, for people before and then during and after and really to, to assist in, in a, being accompanied in that encounter because so often people will go and they'll have this experience, but it's not something that they, uh, they necessarily are doing a lot of sharing about later. But it does affect their lives. I mean, there's so many studies that have shown that uh, the the World Youth Day experience has affected a lot of lives, which you were saying a little earlier, John. It really is like that mountaintop experience, much like a retreat. You know, it's it's also with that pilgrimage component. Um, it's it's you stepping away from the daily grind and from the norm to take some time with the Lord to pray. And again, with, with the body of Christ as well. And so I think because of that, it's a really beautiful time of grace. And I think, um, you know, for all of those that are interested or considering or have gone, like the Lord shows up, he's there. And, um, and yeah, it's a really beautiful thing to give a few days to the Lord in, in that special way. I think one of the things that I've, I've, again, cause I've never been, I think one of the most interesting things about the whole event and for those who are listeners and may not be able to attend Lisbon this year, or, you know, maybe for whatever reason, a little, a little too old or too young to go to the next one. One of the nice things about this whole, whole event is a lot of the like larger, like masses and events and stuff like that are live streamed. Like it's easily accessible nowadays. And I, I think, you know, 20, 30 years ago, obviously that's a lot harder, but there is there is something beautiful about watching a mass online. And, you know, obviously it's not the same thing as going to mass, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we've just, you know, we, we experienced three years of a pandemic with, you know, this kind of scenario, but there is something quite magical or quite beautiful about watching, you know, close, like over a million people gathered in mass in a random field or a stadium or something like that. Cause that's usually where these masses are. It's like, what is the largest venue in this city that I, we can put over a million people in? And so it's usually, you know, fields, stadiums, that kind of thing, but watching them all gather for mass and celebrate the beauty that is the liturgy and the beauty that is Catholicism, I think is something while it's not, you know, being 4,000 miles away or whatever is not quite the same experience as being, you know, hundred feet away, there is still something very, uh, very powerful about that experience. And so this is a, that is a plug for those who can't attend to make sure you're keeping an eye out for World Youth Day material for Lisbon, because a lot of the stuff will be accessible online. So you can follow along over the whole week or so. I think that's, that's something really nice. At least that's how I'll experience it. The online dimension has just really grown and we've been, been a part of some of those Things in terms of preparation and uh, for that, and we're doing uh, a number of things right now. Uh, but before maybe we get into that, we we also were involved very much in, in the Washington D.C. with large scale stateside events. Now they're not having one uh, this time, but for uh, for Krakow, 
was called Krakow in the capital. And then, um, and then we have Panama, the capital, rather than yep. Panama and Potomac. I'm not sure why, but be that as I agree. it may. I argued that but point we, when I was But, they, in but in both instances, those were pretty large-scale events. So the Basilica, the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception, was full in the upper church. And there was just a lot of things going on um, that people were engaging in. Uh, from in and there were no, a number of places that the bishops' conference really encouraged these stateside events. And John, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and so one of the things that came as a result, I think they really started in full probably about ten twenty years ago. Um, so it's by the history of World Youth Day relatively recent. Um, but what they tried to do, especially for some of these more distant international events or ones that would happen. Like, for instance, Panama happened in January, which is in the U.S. a harder time for travel for this kind of thing. They they try to various large dioceses try to gather um, what are called stateside events, which are usually just local gatherings. And by local, I mean, as in like the region of of the area. So, for example, as Father Frank was alluding to with with both uh, crack on the capital, Panama in the capital as well would gather people from, you know, Philadelphia to like South Carolina kind of area. We're not talking a, we're talking a pretty wide geographic area and it gathered, you know, between 1500 and 2000 people who are primarily young adults again, who couldn't physically spend a week in, uh, you know, Panama or Poland for a whole week because, you know, they have lives or, you know, they can't make the costs. So the diocese would gather, you know, similar type to Kate's point, the sort of experience, the the prayer piece, the formation piece, the gathering together and celebrating our faith elements were gathered on a much more local scale, which I got to experience with both of those. And it was it was very enjoyable because it was a whole day event. But again, it was celebrating our faith. It was a discussion of you know, it was it was sort of distilling the World Youth Day experience in a sort of 12-hour experience instead of a whole week-long event. But it still provided that sort of catechetical formation. It provided uh, mass, like this, the start and end of the day were prayer experiences. Start of the day was mass. The end of the day was either adoration or a prayer experience. And so, but there were, in between that, there were, were like fraternal or communal events. And, you know, gathering and food and all that kind of stuff. And in many ways, you know, distilling what, what the sort of essence of world youth day is into a, a day long thing um, that people could experience locally was, was very nice. Um, they had, I mean, I, I almost forgot about this, but we, you know, they did station of the cross last time that we got to participate in, you know, there were, there's photos of like a bunch of us trying to carry, carry a very large stations cross around. Um, and try not to drop it in the crypt church, um, you know, but it's that, that kind of same sort of prayerful experience that I think makes, a uh, is what matters in many ways. Yeah. The, the theme is about the visitation and the idea, the main idea is that this idea of, of, uh, Mar- or Mary's visiting Elizabeth and the excitement of sort of missionary zeal and the, you know, usually the good reference of like, the excitement and uh, joy, that kind of piece, which is always a common theme of World Youth Day, mm-hmm. is using this idea of joy and especially under Pope Francis, this idea of missionary activity and uh, 
what do I say, like dynamism, or mm-hmm. I forget what term he specifically uses a lot. Um, animation, maybe I can't remember. Yeah, um, yeah. So the theme is Mary arose and went with haste, and that's a reference to Luke chapter one thirty nine. Um, so that's going to be the motto for World Youth Day, um, and yes, which is is part of the account of the visitation, and so. Mary has already heard the news from the angel that and has said her fiat to God's plan of salvation, may it be done unto me according to thy word. And then rather than just sit and ponder and revel in this amazing, miraculous news, Mary arises and goes with haste, and that's to help her cousin, who is also miraculously expecting. And so, yeah, John, you, you touched a little bit on on why Pope Francis um, chose this. Uh, and the previous World Youth Day was also a very Marian theme. Mm-hmm. Am I correct in that? Yeah, I, I can't remember what the specific quote was from Panama, but it, it was a similar Marian theme of sort of animation and activity. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so I think what what Pope Francis wants us to to think about and pray with is just how beautiful of a model Mary is for for Christian spirituality and for our journey of faith. The fact that she says yes to God um, and then goes out with, you know, she she is called both a woman of charity and a missionary woman. So um, she's going out to evangelize and to be active in service. And so I think that that Pope Francis wants the church today. We always look to Mary as our model for for living a life of discipleship, but I think that's what he wanted to capture this year in Lisbon. Yeah, I, I think this idea of Mary as sort of the ultimate sort of evangelizer or the ultimate sort of actor of evangelization. Oh, in, in, in 2019, thing. Mary was called... Mary, Mary was referred to as history's greatest influencer. I'm just reading it on the website. You know, that's what it says there. You know, I think it just goes to what you were saying. I'm not quite sure I'm there for Mary as influencer, but okay. Shouldn't influences kind of in certain ways. And now nobody knows what to do with it. She certainly influences in certain ways, in a lot of ways. But whether she would be an influencer in that sense, I don't know. But, but, but that's Fr- an aside. The Pope said that? Really? The Pope said that. that yeah. Pope Francis yeah. referred to the Virgin point. Mary as the, his history's greatest influencer. Oh, well, that that in, in <clears> that context, yes. I mean, that's... I don't think he meant it in the social media influencer. No. Oh, I thought you meant social media influencer. Okay. No, no. William, make that work. (laughs) (laughs) But I would say it's interesting. There is a very strong connection between uh, Lisbon and Panama because, as John mentioned, the Marian theme in Panama uh, was, was exactly the fiat. The fiat, you know, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me oh, according right. to that word. So how mm-hmm. interesting. Um, continuation the, of that. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Very much so a continuation. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we have to be receptive and open before we can be active. So I think that 
that's a really beautiful way to carry out the theme and to unify that. Um, yeah, I think that's that's really beautiful. There's so much to meditate on there. And yeah. we, we were celebrating her fiat and our own personal fiats that occur every day we say yes to our faith. Um, but then also now really focusing on evangelization and missionary discipleship and and how are we living that out? Well, and I think to Kate, your point about the sort of the mountaintop, because I've heard that one a lot before with World Youth Day. Well, what do we, you know, if we're treating World Youth Day as a mountaintop moment, like the yes is attending and having a transformative experience, but what do you do with that transformative experience? How are you living out your faith from a monumental event to Father Frank's point? What is the afterward? And in the case of some people, it's been, you know, you know, becoming priests or religious or lay ministers or whatever. For others, it's just being good, hopefully holy people. And so it's that conscious choice of, of saying yes, much like Mary. Um, not to put us on the same pedestal as Mary, but in the same sort of importance of saying yes to the call that we all have. Mm-hmm. And there, I remember when when Krakow was going on um, World Youth Day and, and we did a lot of stateside celebrations, we also did, um, we, the Catholic Apostolate Center also had an entire blog dedicated to World Youth Day. And we have dozens of reflections of former pilgrims, of resources for pilgrims going, what to expect, what, um, you know, some key takeaways, and again, how to come back from an experience like this and how to kind of understand, like, what did I just experience and how does this um, how, how can I reconcile like this beautiful experience with my day-to-day life? Like what, how do I bring it back? Um, so I would really encourage you to visit our blog, the ad infinitum blog on the Catholic Apostolate Center's website. And we have an entire tag, um, for World Youth Day and so many blog posts and resources there as well. I'd also throw a mention specifically to the World Youth Day page, resource page, because as closer to Lisbon will happen, there's going to be more and more updated resources. And I think Kate gave a really good segue into some of the newer stuff that we're trying to, to work through prior to, to this actual official start of World Youth Day. And so we're working with the USCCB, specifically with Lady Marriage, Family Life and Youth in the World Youth Day office on... Uh, sort of reflections and uh, short videos, hopefully five to seven minutes, talking with people who have either led, experienced, or, uh, well, led or experienced, I should specify, World Youth Day experiences, whether here or abroad, um, whether in the US or elsewhere, um, from a variety of different perspectives, but for the most part, people who have had, you know, who have had firsthand experience, much like the the group of us here, whether it was stateside or or elsewhere, of sort of like talking about that that mountaintop moment. Talk about sort of how to prepare for that kind of experience, whether you're attending internationally, digitally, or stateside if you have that opportunity. Um, and those are coming out, you know, by the time this is recorded, hopefully the first couple will be published so that we people can follow along on our YouTube or the USCCB's page as well as preparatory materials. Um, because, you know, the, the important thing about World Youth Day is understanding it's not the be and end all event, but it is a moment of powerful encounter, however you encounter it. And I think 
you know, the, the Catholic Apostles Center over the years has helped contribute to it. And this is our small new way of contributing to it for 2023 and specifically for Lisbon. Um, and then there's some other things hopefully coming down the pike that I don't want to mention yet, just in case, but um, I'm personally very excited about it. And so if you're listening to this on the On Mission feed, uh, a good hint is that it will also be audio focused. So if you're already listening to it this way, it'll be fairly familiar with you on how to listen to a, to an audio contribution. But I don't want to speak too much about that just in case. But I think, um, yeah, I, I do think the important thing is to follow along on um, our newsletter or our World Youth Day resource page, um, especially seeing some of the stuff we've done in the past. As Kate had mentioned, a lot of the stuff is, even though it's from World Youth Day's past, a lot of the stuff is still very important and still very relevant today, um, as much as it was when it was written, you know, four or five years ago. If anything, in some ways, it's it's a welcome reminder that, you know, despite the fact that it's in a new location and, you know, a few years later, the the experience and the universal principles of World Youth Day are pretty pretty much the same. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Well, John, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast uh, today. Uh, thank you, Chris. For those of you who don't know this, John's been a very integral part of the podcast uh, since its very beginning, mainly behind the scenes, shepherding things uh, along. And so we're always glad to have him on this side of the microphone. Uh, thanks again, John, for talking about World Youth Day. And, and thanks to Kate as well for giving us the her or specialized uh, in the in the know in person uh, World Youth Day experience. You can find more about World Youth Day on our uh, on our website CatholicApostolateCenter.org. Be sure to take a look at our special World Youth Day resource page, um, and uh, be sure, as John said, to keep following to see uh, what is it that we uh, release uh, associated with uh, World Youth Day. So. Be sure to like, review, and subscribe to this podcast feed so you don't miss an episode. Uh, You can find uh, more episodes of On Mission as well as all of our uh, feeds on Spotify, iTunes, or on our special podcast website, catholicapostolatecenterpodcast.com. And be sure, please, to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This is what all the podcast feeds are saying out there nowadays. Uh, Five-star reviews are really what push us towards the top. And, you know, if it's a particularly great review, maybe we'll read it on the air. Um, But please leave us a five-star review or, or, you know, interact with us. Send us a tweet on Twitter uh, or or comment on our Instagram post. Let us know what you think about these episodes. We would love to.